This is Trey Johnson, and I'd like to thank you for taking the time to listen to this teaching. I pray that it empowers you, encourages you, and motivates you to know God and to be who He's created you to be. Thank you so much for tuning in today with Being Your Best with Trey Johnson. We are just considered an honor to come into your home. Now, being your best comes from just a, a pursuit of God. How, how do we become our best? What well, comes by knowing God and discovering our gifts, our strengths, our passions, our desires, and being the best us that we can be. And for the last several weeks, we've been talking about God's protection, how to, to live in God's protection. You know, with what's going on in our country, it's important to know how we can cooperate with the Spirit of God, how the Word of God can become real to us and alive to us, and us to be confident, confident that God has got us, that His hand is on us, that the angels have charge over us, that, that we're positioned for His Word to work in our life. This isn't a time to be religious. It's not a time to play church. It's not a time to go through the motions. It's a time for us to really check inward. You know, 2 Corinthians 13, it says it's important that you and I examine our own faith, that our faith produces the fruit that it's supposed to produce. So, Thank you for joining us. We're going to get right into God's Word tonight. We're going to be talking about how God protects us through warnings. So let's pray and we'll get, get, get going here. Father, we just love you so much and we're thankful for how faithful you are. We're thankful for your Word. We're thankful for your presence, for the opportunity to, to just know your heart, to know your mind, to know your motive. Father, I just ask that you speak to each and every one of us exactly where we're at and what we're going through and that we have strategies of how to know you and how to be the best us we can be. In Jesus' name, amen. We know some of our foundational scriptures, Psalms chapter 4, verse 8, it says that I will both lie down and sleep in peace for you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. Now, we can't make the whole world safe, but we can live safe by God's protection in an unsafe world. Now, in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 5, it says that in the end times, perilous times will come. And it talks about, you know, Christians being unthankful and loving themselves more than they love God and going through the motions. And in verse 5, he says, now don't have a form of godliness and deny the power of God. So in order for the power of God to show up, we can't live denying the power of God. Romans 1.16, Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation. The word salvation means healing, wholeness, soundness. It doesn't just mean where you're going to go for eternity. That's part of it. But it means in the here and now. So I want to encourage you in this day and age that it's time for you and I to live bold, to be bold about what we believe, to not be ashamed of the Word of God, not be ashamed of what God shares with us of, of how to position ourselves to know that we are protected by Almighty God. And I just want to quickly go to Psalms 91, and then we're going to get right into more of what God has been teaching us. And if you haven't seen the shows over the past several weeks, go to our YouTube channel, catch up on the shows. There's other ways to follow along and get caught up with where we're at today. But in Psalms 91, it says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge, my fortress, my God. In Him I will trust. So notice there's, there's our part to play, and then there's God's part to play. So he says, our part is that we're going to abide and we're going to dwell under the shadow of the Almighty. And Amplified, it says, whose power no foe can withstand. 
He says, and from this place of relationship, you're, you're going to begin to say, this is who you are to me, God. You're my refuge. You're my fortress. You're my high tower. You're almighty God. See, it's a spiritual truth that whatever you say God is to you, that is who he is to you. So in order for him to be your Lord and Savior, you've got to say, Jesus, you are my Lord and Savior. In order for him to be healer to you, it's important that you say, God, you are my healer, that you're my deliverer, you're my provider. You, you see what I'm saying? So whatever you say God is to you, that is who he becomes to you. And he's saying out of this place of relationship, I'm going to begin to say, God, you are my refuge, my fortress, my high terror. So this is our part. And because of us abiding and dwelling and us saying who God is to us, he says, then verse three, this is God's part. Surely he shall deliver us from the snare of the fowler, from the deadly pestilence. He will cover us with his feathers and under his wings shall we take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. Now this is back to our part. He says, you will not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at my right hand, but it will not come near me. So pause for a moment. Our part, we're abiding, we're dwelling, we're saying who God is to us, His part. He says, I'm going to be like that mother hen that, that lifts up and I'm going I'm to protect my little chicks. I'm going to have you covered. One translation says He has a canopy of divine protection. You remember back in Exodus chapter 10, verse 23, says there was a dividing line that it was completely dark in the, in the people of Egypt in their land, even the dogs wouldn't even open their mouth or their tongues wouldn't wag. It was, a, it was the defining line. And then in the land of Goshen, God's people, it was light. So there was a defining line, like going from county to county. You go from one county to another county. There's a, a line there that you drive over. Well, he's saying this is the way God's protection is. One person cannot be under the protection of God, and one person can be under the protection of God. And I, wanna, I just want to interject this here because there's a lot of questions about God's protection and God's guidance and God's leading us that you and I can't control what everybody else believes, but we can control what we believe. What do you truly believe about God? What do you truly believe about His Word? What do you truly believe? Remember, Jesus all throughout the gospel would say it's according to your faith. It's according to what you believe and what you believe drives your behavior. If you don't truly believe God's word, you're not going to do God's word. But if you believe God's word, you're going to be a doer of God's word. And he says, when you're doing these things in relationship with God, you're not being religious. You're not just being churchy. You're not just going through the motions. You're after the heart of God and you're saying what he tells you to say by his word. He says, then I'm going to I'm going to protect you. He says the deadly pestilence, it's, it's not going to come near you. And he says, and you're going to get to the point that you've got to take ownership and listen to what he says in verse five. And you shall not be afraid of the terror that flies by day. He goes on, nor of the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at my side, 10,000 at my right hand, but it will not come near me. How can you have the boldness to say it will not come near me? The coronavirus will not come near me. Now, once again, this isn't about who you are, who I am. It's about who he is. 
He is Almighty God. He is El Shaddai. Almighty means El Shaddai, the all-breasty one. He is our source. He's the all-sufficient one. And it says, because of our relationship with God, we can get to the place of confidence that when fear comes, even when you feel the fear, hair standing up on the back of your neck, your knees are knocking together, you feel the fear, but you open your mouth and say, I resist the spirit of fear in the name of Jesus, 2 Timothy 1, 7. God did not give me a spirit of fear, so I'm not going to allow fear to reside in my family, in my home. Fear, you get out of here in the name of Jesus. And he says, you get to this place of boldness, a thousand may fall at my side, 10,000 at my right hand, but it will not come near me. Why? Because you know who he is and you know know who you are in him. Let's keep going. Verse 8. And it says, only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked because you have made the Lord who is your refuge, even the most high, your dwelling place. Notice this happens in your life because of what you're saying, because of your relationship with God. Verse verse 10, no evil shall befall you, nor any plague come near your dwelling. And he will give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. In their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. Now we talked about this last week of how to keep your angels working. That angels have been assigned to each and every one of us. But one of the ways we keep them moving in our lives, Psalms 103, is that we say what God says. We, we're living in faith. We're not afraid. We're taking ownership of our heart. We're, we will not be afraid. John 14, let your heart not be troubled. You do that, not God. Job 3.25, the thing that I'm fearing is coming upon me. So if you are afraid of this, you're afraid of the virus, you're afraid of this, you're afraid of that, what you fear, it's a spiritual principle. You connect to the thing you're afraid of. Don't have more fear or confidence in the virus's ability to kill you than you do in God's power to protect you. Very important to have our confidence in Almighty God, have more confidence in Him than we do what's going on in this world. And angels, He said, so God is protecting you. He's putting His wings over you. He's, he's assigned angels to have charge over you. And He goes on in verse 14, because He has set His love upon me, therefore I will deliver Him. I will set Him on high because He has known my name. He will call upon me. I will answer Him. I'll be with Him in trouble. I will deliver Him and honor Him. With long life I will satisfy Him and show Him my salvation. Now in order for you and I to live a long life, in order for us to experience the salvation of God, that means there's going to have to be protection in our life. Remember, God wants us to live safe in an unsafe world, and we're learning how do we do this by abiding, by dwelling, by being in relationship with God. You're reading God's Word. Part of loving God is not just running your mouth saying, God, I love you. Jesus said whenever you do what, what the Word says to do, He will manifest Himself to you. So I've got to step back and I've got to ask myself, how am I doing when I see something in God's Word, am I being a doer of the Word of God or am I just being a hearer only? Another way that God protects us, not only uh, does He put His, His wings over us and cover us, and not only does He give us angels, and not only is there a canopy of protection, but another way that He protects us is through warnings. Through warnings, you know, there's been times in each and every one of our lives that, that we've done something and a bad result has come about and we knew we shouldn't have done it. 
or we knew we should have done something different. You know, I was thinking earlier, this came up, you can see this finger kind of shoots off by itself. I remember the day that I was roping, I can still picture it to this day. I'm, I'm in the box and, and in my heart, there was just, I just had an uneasiness that day. And, and I was in the box and I knew I was supposed to switch ropes, but I ignored the warning. I ignored the knowing. Sure enough, I come around there and I rope this steer and the rope sucks up around my hand and this finger's just laid over to the side. Now, we could question, why did God let that happen? He was trying to protect me through warnings. I was listening to this story not too long ago about this family who they're supposed to go uh, on vacation at this island. And, and sure enough, the dad, he just had a check. And of course, the mom wasn't happy. The kids weren't happy because they had this whole vacation plan. But they finally come together that it was smart to listen to that check. And sure enough, a tsunami hit that island and if they would have ignored the warning, it would have cost them their life. Warning. See, another way that God protects us is through warnings. Go with me to Matthew chapter 2. Matthew chapter 2. So God protects us with His canopy of divine protection. He protects us with angels. But He also protects us by warnings. Now, once again, why, why did I start off sharing where I'd missed it before? Because... A lot of times people think, well, that, you know, the people up there, they never miss it. No, we, we all miss it. But the good thing is we can get better at hearing the voice of God. We can get better at knowing that still small voice. We can get better at being led by the Spirit of God and not driven by our flesh. One of the ways that we get better at this is by spending time in the Word, knowing His Word, knowing the voice who inspired men to write this. One of the ways that, that we get better is we don't feed our flesh continually, but we feed our spirit man as well. Say this with me. We can get better. Matthew chapter 2. Now listen to this. We're talking about God protecting us through warnings. And in Matthew 2, the wise men had showed up and Herod said, Okay, when you find the Christ child, let me know because I want to come worship him too. And, and sure, he was lying. He wasn't telling the truth. He was wanting to, to take him out. And so, verse 12, Matthew 2, verse 12, Then being divinely warned in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed for their own country another way. Now when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother, and flee to Egypt. Stay there until you bring, till you're brought word, for Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. So how did God protect Jesus? Through warnings. How is God going to protect you and I through warnings? Let's keep going. Verse 19. Now when Herod was dead, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, Arise, take the young child, his mother, go to the land of Israel, for those who sought the young child's life are dead. Then he arose, took the young child and his mother, and came into the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus was reigning over Judea instead of his father Herod. He was afraid to go there, and being warned by God in a dream, he turned aside into the region of Galilee. Verse 23, And he came and dwelt in a city called Nazareth, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophets. He should be called a Nazarene. How did God protect Jesus? It was through warnings. And if he protected Jesus, by warnings, don't you think that's one of the ways that He's going to protect us? For driving down a road and there's a sign that says, bridge out, don't you think we should listen to that warning? Now, why don't we just plead the blood and say Psalms 91 and just continue to ignore? See, we can't ignore the warnings and stay under God's protection. 
a lot of times we want to bring God down to our way of doing things. We want God to adapt to us instead of us coming up to His way of doing things. Instead of us doing things the way that He wants them done, we want Him to, to adjust to us, to, to do things the way we want Him to do. Now go with me to Acts chapter 27. God protects us through warnings. Acts chapter 27, now you know this story, and I'll just kind of summarize it uh, for, for time purposes here. This is the story of Paul, that he, is, he was in prison, and he was going to be taken in a ship. They're getting ready to head out on their journey here. And in, in verse 9, Acts 27, verse 9, And now when much time had been spent... And sailing was now dangerous because the fast was already over. Paul advised them, saying, Men, I perceive that this voyage will end with disaster and much loss, and not only of the cargo and ship, but also of our lives. Notice how Paul was letting them know, I'm perceiving or I'm sensing that this isn't going to go good. Verse 11, Nevertheless, the centurion was more persuaded by the helmsman and the owner of the ship than by the things spoken by Paul. Here you had a man of God that was a prisoner speaking up and saying, I'm not seeing this going real well, but the guys leaned more unto their own understanding. Now we've all done this. They leaned more unto the export spurts than they did the Spirit of God. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6, it says, Trust in the Lord with all of our heart, lean not to our own understanding, and in all our ways we acknowledge Him, and He will direct our steps. So we have the opportunity, am I going to trust my understanding, or am I going to trust my heart? Now the way to get to the place where you're trusting your heart is spending time in His Word by being obedient. Every time you hear God's Word and obey God's Word, it strengthens your inner man. Your heart comes more into alignment. Your soul comes more into alignment with the Spirit of God so you can have ears to hear. And once again, what are we talking about? We're talking about God protects us through warning. So God was speaking through Paul, warned these men. And it goes on to say, Verse 12, and because the harbor was not suitable to winter in, the majority advised to set sail from there also, if by any means they could reach Phoenix, a harbor of Crete opening toward the southwest and northwest, and winter there. And when the south wind blew softly, supposing that they had obtained their desire, putting it out to sea, they sailed close to Crete. Now, Listen, so, so the Spirit of God spoke to Paul, warned the men. The men ignored what God was saying. And it says they set out. The reason that they, they didn't want to stay there is because it wasn't a nice place to stay. And a lot of times we're moved by what we see in the natural instead of being led by the Spirit of God on the inside of us. Once again, we're talking about God protects us through warnings, through leadings, through uh, uh, senses on the inside of us. And so it said that it appeared that they were getting what they desired. They set sail and nothing happened. Let's keep going. But long after that, verse 14, a tempest headwind arose, and, it, and I'll just kind of shorten it for time's sake. This big storm came in, a hurricane proportion. And we pick up in verse 21, after a long abstinence from food, then Paul stood in the midst of them and said, Men, you should have listened to me 
and not of self from creed, and incurred this disaster and loss. Now I urge you to take heart, for there will be no loss of life among you, but only of the ship. For there stood by me this night an angel of God, to whom I belonged and whom I served, saying, Do not be afraid, Paul. You must be brought before Caesar. And indeed, God was granted you all those who sell with you. Verse 25, Therefore take heart, men, for I believe God that it will be just as it was told me. Now, I want, I want to make this point here that sometimes we go through storms in our life because other people's decisions. Sometimes we go through storms in life because other people's decisions, but in the middle of the storm, keep seeking God. Keep going after God because people don't have the ability to change God's plan for your life. People don't have the ability to stop God's plan for your life. The storms of life cannot stop God's Word and His will from coming to pass in your life. God is committed to you and His plan, His purposes are forever. So even in the middle of the storm, you keep seeking God, you keep asking for mercy, you stay the course of what you're created to do, you stay a hold of the heart of God. And just like Paul, he says, guys, you should have listened to the warning of God. This wasn't God's plan. This wasn't God's will that all this happens, but because we are where we are, I've sought God and He has let me know that I have an assignment still upon this earth and because you're connected to me, yeah, we might lose the ship and some stuff that really doesn't matter, but our lives and our destiny is still the same. Everything is going to be okay. During this coronavirus, everything is still going to be okay. No matter what storm we're facing in life, everything is still going to be okay. Don't allow the circumstances to determine the will of God. Allow God's Word and allow God's Spirit on the inside of you to lead us to that place of protection. Can God protect us by warnings? Yes. There's some friends of mine that, you know, he was, he was flying and some, a, a man and woman was supposed to fly with him to go to this conference and everything and the older man and woman, they just, it just didn't feel good in their spirit, man. And, and so they said, we're, we're not going to ride with you. We'll just get a commercial flight and head up there. So the man and his wife and his son and his girlfriend, the, the son's girlfriend, got in the plane and they flew to this conference. And even when they got up to the conference, this man was warned by another man. He said, man, don't fly back the way that you came. But the man ignored not just one warning, but two warnings. And on the way back... He flew his plane into a mountain that he couldn't see, and it cost him his life, his wife's life, his son's life, and the girlfriend's life. And people ask, why would God allow bad things to happen to such a good man? Every one of us have ignored the warnings of God, and the question should not be, why would God allow the evil? It's what did we do not to listen what did we do not to listen? There's been things that you've done, that I've done, that we knew before we ever did it, that we shouldn't do it. Or He shows us what we should do, and we override it, we ignore it, and it causes harm, it causes destruction, and it's not God's fault. God can protect us. He's a good dad. He wants to lead us and guide us into all truth. God wants to protect us through warnings. But this is the question, can we override what He's telling us? And the answer is yes. You've done it, I've done it, 
but we can get better. Say that we can get better. Go with me to First Kings thirteen. First Kings thirteen, and this is a great example. What happens here? I'll summarize it for time's sake. This this prophet of God, this man of God, he he comes and he he just explains to him what's happening. I'll just pick it up here in verse two. And the man cried out against the altar, 1 Kings 13, verse 2. The word of the Lord said, O altar, altar, thus says the Lord, Behold, a child, Hosea, by name, shall be born of the house of David, and on you he shall sacrifice the priest of the high places who burn incense on you, and men's bones shall be burned on you. Verse 3, And he gave a sign the same day, saying, This is the sign which the Lord has spoken. Surely the altar shall be split apart, and the ashes on it be poured out. Verse 4, So it came to pass when the king Jeroboam heard the saying of the man of God who cried against the altar in Bethel, that he stretched out his hand from the altar, saying, Arrest him. Then his hand, which he stretched out toward him, withered, so that he could not pull it back to himself. The altar also was split apart, and the ashes poured out from the altar according to the sign which the man of God had given by the word of the Lord. Then the king answered and said to the man of God, Please entreat the favor of the Lord your God, and pray for me that my hand may be restored to me. So the man of God entreated the Lord, and the king's hand was restored to him, and became as before. Then the king said to the man of God, Come home with me and refresh yourself, and I'll give you a reward. But the man of God said to the king, If you were to give me half of your house, I would not go with you, nor would I eat bread nor drink water in this place. Verse 9, For so it was commanded me by the word of the Lord, saying, You shall not eat bread nor drink water nor return by the same way you come. So he went another way and did not return by the way he came to Bethel. So notice what happened. The king didn't like what the man of God said. He tried to get him arrested. As soon as he stretched his hand towards the man of God, his hand withered. He asked the man of God, notice there was no repentance in the king's heart. Pray that God will restore my hand. The man of God prayed, God restored his hand. And then he tried to get him to come, come eat with me. Come drink with me. Listen, this is the point. The man said, now listen, this is what I know God told me to do, that I'm not supposed to eat, I'm not supposed to drink, I'm not supposed to go this way or that way. I'm supposed to go directly the way God told me to go. So we started out, and there's times in our life when we know that God's told us to do something, and don't override what God told you to do. Long story made short, what happens here is an old prophet of God who had gotten cold and who had got off in his relationship with God heard the power that was in this young man. So he told his sons, get the donkey, saddle him up. And so the man of God, the older man of God, comes to the younger man of God who knew what God told him to do. And at first, the man of God says, come to my house and eat with me and drink with me. Listen, listen. And the young man said, listen, God told me not to go eat or drink with anybody, but to go back this other way. But the older man that the young man didn't know said, an angel of the Lord appeared to me and told you to come back to my house. And the Bible says the old prophet lied lied? How could a man of God lie? Same way you can. <laughs> You've lied before. We've all lied before. Thank God for His mercy and His blood, right? But this, this is the point right here. He knew what God told him to do, and he allowed somebody who didn't have a right to speak into his life get him off track from what God told him to do. Not everybody who has the title pastor, prophet, apostle, preacher, evangelist has the right to speak into your life, 
There are certain people that God has created to speak into your life, and you've got to know who those people are. I've had men that are older than me, they've been in the ministry longer than me, call and command me to shut down certain things in my life, but they didn't have a right to speak into my life, and I knew in here, don't you listen to them. Now, on the other hand, men that do have a right to speak into my life, when they speak and we're corrected and we listen because God is good and there's a certain way of doing things, See, don't be led by what it looks like out here. There's been times after I knew what God had told me to do, you know, traveling and ministering. And, you know, this show goes into over 40 million uh, uh, people every single week. And, but, but there was times I would never be doing what I'm doing if I would have got off track along the journey here. And there's people, they offered me indoor arenas. They offered me six-figure incomes if I'll just come and, and be the pastor. People try to get me to sell medical supplies. And, oh, Trey, you, you can make millions. Sell this, do that, you can make millions. But what has God told you? It's going to bear witness in here. So it's important to know who God has anointed and appointed to speak into your life because it's going to bear witness in here. Remember, circumstances don't determine the plan of God for your life. Circumstances don't change the plan of God for your life. It might look different, but God's will and His Word is the same for you. Just keep going. Keep pressing in. Keep, keep seeking God. Remember, God wants to protect us through warnings, but can we override the warning? And the answer is yes. So let's pick back up this young, young prophet who knew what God told him to do, but he listened to somebody who didn't have a right to speak into his life. So he goes, to, goes home with him and he's eating. And this is what happens. And he cried out to the man of God who came from Judah saying, Thus says the Lord, because you have disobeyed the word of the Lord and have not kept the commandments which the Lord your God commanded you, but you came back and ate bread and drank water in the place for which the Lord said to you, Eat no bread nor drink water. Your corpse shall not come to the tomb of your fathers. So it was after he had eaten bread and after he had drunk, and he saddled the donkey for him, the prophet whom he had brought back. When he was gone, a lion met him on the road and killed him, and his corpse was thrown on the road, and the donkey stood by it, and the lion also stood by the corpse. Now was that the will of God? No, it was not the will of God. God told him, don't look to the left, don't look to the right, don't eat with anybody, drink with anybody, fulfill what I've told you to do. It was God's will that he was back at his house, eating at his own house, doing what God had created him to do. Was it the will of God in Acts 27 for them to lose their boat and to everything to be destroyed? No, God wanted to protect them. If they would have listened, they would have stayed there. They would have planned the trip another day. See, we don't have to be anywhere. It's very important and we could keep going for hours on this here. It's very important that you respect time and that you, you have a schedule, but you don't have to be anywhere. And another thing is don't allow people's schedule to throw off God's plan for your life. There, you know, my team knows the people that work for me. When I say we're leaving at this time, I'll, I'll leave you if you're not ready. Why? Because your lack of respect for time isn't going to cost me being where God has called and told me to be. Why, why is that? And people say, well, man, that's kind of hard. You know, I, I was listening to a story about one of the Kennedys, you know, several years ago. And here he was, he had an airplane and he was rated to fly just as long as he could see. And so they were scheduled to leave at this certain time during the day where he could still see because he wasn't instrument rated. And sure enough, his wife and another girl, they were two hours late because they were doing their hair. And this was more important. And they were jacking around and all this type of stuff. And so he took off two hours late and they died. 
Why? Because people didn't respect time and he tried to do something that he wasn't equipped to do because people didn't respect the time. I could go through time after time in the word where people say, don't you delay me because God told me to be here and to do this and I'm not backing off for anybody. Now, at the same time, it's important you have a schedule, you know where you're going, you know what you're created to do. But if you have a check in here, listen to the warnings. There's been times that, you know, Lord just says, wait 10 minutes, wait 10 minutes. Well, why, Lord? I don't understand. How come? Don't ignore the warning. Well, nothing happened. Exactly. It's better for nothing to happen than to be dead. Learn to listen to the warning of God on the inside of us. Can we override the warning? Yes, but can we listen to the warning? That's one of the way that God protects us. He protects us as we abide in relationship with Him, as we dwell in relationship with Him, as we're saying, God, you're my refuge, you're my fortress, you're my high tower, as we're not letting our heart be afraid, we're refusing to fear, and our trust and confidence is in God, and we're continuing to say what God says, and angels have charge over us, and we, we boldly say that sickness and disease will not come near our dwelling. Remember what Paul told us in Romans chapter 8? He said, say to all these things, God will never leave me nor forsake me. Hebrews chapter 13, he said, boldly say, God will never leave me nor forsake me. If God is for me, who can be against me? Begin to boldly say what God says. And another way that God protects us is leading us by warnings. We can come up in this area. We don't have to ignore what the Spirit of God is saying. We can be at the right place at the right time and be everything that God has called and created us to be. Thank you so much for joining us today. This is Trey Johnson. I look forward to seeing you again next week.